This is the Life and Soul podcast with me, Emma Forbes. 2020 really was an eventful year, and amidst the madness, we've all had time to reflect on what we most appreciate in life. And although we're still surrounded by uncertainty, it's important to be reminded of what really matters. I'm going to be asking some fabulous guests what makes them tick, asking them what really gives them life and what really feeds their soul. So join me for some nuggets of wisdom, a moment to breathe, and above all, a good old chat over a virtual cup of tea. And I hope that by listening, you'll leave feeling a little brighter about the year ahead. Today, I'm joined by a friend. I love her. I adore her. She is described by Vogue as creating the Ferraris of swimwear, which was a quote I read when I looked up your notes and I thought, oh my God, what a great quote is that? But it's so true, Melissa Odebash. So happy to have you on the show. <laughs> oh, happy to be on the show, Emma. So you've done many of my podcasts with me. I love you because you always say I was the first, which I'm not sure I necessarily was. You but definitely I love were the first. I didn't even know what a podcast was when I showed up in your beautiful house in London. And I was like, how cool is this? It was like being back in the radio times with the like, <laughs> big microphones coming across your living room. I know Gemma and I had it really quite well sussed for that. I mean, now it's a little, it's a little more low tech. I hate to tell you because we're doing it over Zoom. I'm trying to press cloud buttons. I'm, you know, it's a little more basic now, but at least I get to see your face and at least I get to see it without a mask. Although I have bought your mask. Let's discuss lockdown. I mean, you know, as you said, like the trends used to be colors and patterns. Now it's masks. It's masks. And, you know, it's so funny. I'm designing something for masks at the moment, but it's just, crazy like I mean I never follow trends but I mean this one mask thing I gotta follow that trend we all have to wear them yeah and we need them to be I mean I've been sort of plugging that on Instagram during this lockdown time kind of going let's at least make them attractive like let's make yeah. them match an outfit or in your case a swimsuit or a caftan or or do something because the, the disposal ones just make me feel sad and they make they have this medical smell on them that just makes me oh. nauseous oh it's yeah they're awful. just they're just horrible. I try and spray mine with like peppermint oil and I try and do oh. all sorts of things. We've got to try and make, so I'm relying on you, no pressure, but like yes. you have to change the mask industry is one of the main things. But, <laughs> but in this lockdown and particularly as somebody that's living in America, you've done so many great things, but your sort of sideline to swimwear is you've done these incredible cycle tours. Yesterday. So I don't know if, if this is American audience or English audience you have. It's both. It's both. Last night on my Instagram, the amount of DM saying, Oh my God, are your cycle tours going to start again? And I even have friends of mine that once lived in England, but now they live in Miami or they're in LA. They're all saying, oh, I'm not worried about the lockdown because I know you're going to get back on your bicycle. <laughs> yeah, well, I have to tell you, and again, no pressure, but you know, when, when COVID first happened, and obviously I was feeling nostalgic for, for London and for England and for my family, and there you are on your bike. And I think, oh, Melissa's put up an Insta story. And I go on and you'd be like, today I'm touring. And you did my neighborhood. And you were yeah. like, and I was like, oh my God, she's in my street. She's around my neck. There's my coffee shop. There's this. And honestly, it really helped. It was I so lovely. I didn't tell you, but I did film your house and I was going to send it to you. I don't know if I did. And then I thought, oh, I can't say out loud that that's Emma's house because <laughs> to do that on, you know, that might not be politically correct. So of course, but I did do your house. And then I started getting people. It became just something to entertain myself. And then I was getting people writing me from all over the world saying, oh, my daughter was supposed to go to university. Could you bicycle by and show us what it looks like? Because we can't come. I was like, 
I ended up doing people's universities that the, the kids couldn't come over. And then people would just ask me, could you show me what Chelsea looks like? Kensington? I was great exercise for me. It kept me out. I was going to say, you, you must have you must have covered a lot of mileage. But also, even this summer, you've done a little you, you're starting to spread out, Melissa. You've yeah. done a little bit of Europe, too. I felt like I was in Capri with you. I favorite place in the whole world you made me feel like I was sort of partly on holiday there with you and I and and I think what we've all needed is we need a bit of that I've, I've sort of made a decision we need that we need to look at normality we need to look at pictures of beautiful places we need yeah. to see pictures of your swimsuits in gorgeous locations and remember that there will be a life where we Exactly. Well, I never did it when I started my touring. It was a joke. I started touring. I started walking around Hyde Park. And for the first time, you know, I have never had a break in 25 years. I absolutely loved lockdown the first time yeah. <laughs> because I didn't have to live on a plane. I fly all over and I didn't have to live on a plane. And then I started noticing things when I was walking instead of rushing always to the next point, how beautiful, you know, London is. And then I started discovering new paths. And I was like, you know, we never take time out. So I was like, this is so beautiful. But I'm the type of person I never would show off about anything, whether I had a private plane. I'm not that type of person. But I love to share my like, if I'm excited, I have to show it to everybody. Like, even if I buy a five pound jacket, I'm the first one that says it was only five pounds. Do you like it? It was only five pounds. This is where you should get it. So when I started doing my tours, people were saying, oh, my God, I feel like I've just walked in a park. We're in lockdown. We can't even go out of the house. But following you made me feel like I've just done, you know, a 5K walk in the park. Please keep doing it. So that's why I started doing it. I did it for people that were in major lockdowns. And then yeah. I discovered London for the first time in 20 years. I've never been out of my local zones. <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, this is Highgate. I didn't even know this existed. And I discovered all of England. And so I've decided on this lockdown to do a bike tour for charity. It depends because it's absolutely freezing out. But I am going to do, a few, I'm going to maybe start a, you know, something to help my charities that I'm ambassador for breast cancer. And I thought maybe I should do a, like some type of charity bike tours. I think all of those things, because you do do such a huge amount you do such a huge amount for charities. And I know the breast cancer one is, is one that's, you know, dear to your heart. And you did such incredible things, making women feel special, post-mastectomies, you know, and, and being a swimwear designer, that that's also such a key thing for breast cancer sufferers. And I think you did that so, I don't know if tactfully is the right word, but you did it with such kind of grace well, and yeah, I did everything I do in my normal collection, just with a little bit, you know, where after you've had, uh, surgery. I just had to tweak things so that there's seamless and blah, blah, blah. And, and all the money went to the charity, which is the most important thing. And I don't want any woman, regardless what they've been through, to ever be self-conscious when they get to the beach, because that's where we have our best memories. Usually it's on a holiday. So, I, you know, the oncologist told me that the second question women ask as soon as they find out if they've had breast cancer is, will I be able to go on holiday again? Will I look any different you know, and a swimsuit. So she said, believe it or not, even though it's a materialistic thing, it changes the way a woman feels. I totally agree. And I think that's, you know, when I saw you were doing that, I was like, that's, it was just so great. It's such a, you, your work covers so many, so many yeah. things. And I know you started, I always love the way, and I want you to kind of tell me again, because I just love it, the way you started, because you literally, physically, you were a model, but you made these swimsuit, these bikinis, and then you physically just took them to people didn't you kind of going buy my bikini oh yeah 
I went door to door. I was living in Rome and I literally went door to door to the boutiques that I knew. And I refused to say that it was me because I, I hate to be like turned down. I'm so like, I was like, okay. So who did you I, say made them? I just said, I sent her as a model to show you this new collection. And, and I would just strip in the store and try them on until they bought them. And I was so like, I so didn't care. And I was like, I could fake like it wasn't mine. I could talk great about it. I was like, it's amazing. Let me show you. And off went my clothes, on went the bikinis. They all bought them. They never paid because they're Italians. They're wonderful, best people ever. But you know, there's more important things than paying because their grandmother has to go on holiday or they have to pay their electricity bill. No, regardless that they sold out, but I love Italians. And then slowly, slowly, my girlfriend took them to America and got me into the Sports Illustrated edition. And my first shoot was on like Heidi Klein and Naomi Campbell and blah, blah, blah. And then I started getting into sacks and slow, slow, slow. I'm still knocking on doors, but yeah, fast, fast, fast. Yeah, knocking, but knocking on a different door, maybe, yeah. you know, maybe getting to a different door faster. But yeah. I think that the, the, the kind of the joy of your job, I guess, is just sort of, as you said, say we all associate holidays with happy experiences so I always think that to do to design something that's for that alone must be just so great you know like all year round is kind of like a feel good in my office it's all palm trees so it's always like everyone it's all holiday mood and I love holidays so I just think it's it's I always I I always say when I come into your shop it's and I think your girls probably think I'm mad but I come in and I go oh it smells like a holiday and they look at me and they go okay cool well anyway and I'm like but it I don't know what you spray in your shop but like it genuinely you know that's mix of like Hawaiian tropic meets baby powder meets sunshine I come into your shop and I'm like, yeah, I, I'm almost on the beach. I, I don't know what it is. What is that? It changes people's frame of mind. You know, you're out, you're, you're in the, the atmosphere. You just know that you got one, you're going to relax. You're going to de-stress. Everyone de-stresses as soon as they get to a beach. So I think it's a combination of everything. Yeah. You actually came to my first fashion show I ever did. I did. I yeah. did. And you were a famous radio DJ. <laughs> You're absolutely right. I forgot about that. I mean, I didn't forget about it, but yes, that was your first big fashion show. Mm -hmm. Well, as you know, I'm a very loyal person. I may have gone up a size, Melissa, in the swimwear, but like, I'm still there. look exactly the same. (laughs) You might change your hair color, but otherwise. That might, my hair color changes with your trends. Trust me, my hair color is an ever change. I mean, less so in lockdown, because I don't have such access to the... uh, the equipment needed but let me tell you it's just as fast fast traveling but you care about health and fitness as much as I do and I know you're you're vegan I'm sort of I am vegan but I sometimes kind of come well I'm vegetarian and pescatarian I change I go through phases yeah I go through phases and actually it's so funny you say that because I think we we sort of all do now because I just don't think one can be that restrictive. Well, I was on the celery juice diet, but then lockdown happened. I mean, how many times can I go to my local store and get eight bunches of of celery? Because there's never, there's a shortage over here of everything. So that didn't, that didn't work. And then I was like, oh, you know, the kids are eating whatever, say like an amazing burgers. And I'm like, I could smell it. Remind me of my old days, you know, at the beach in like New Jersey beach. And I was like, oh, I'll just have one bite and then I'll cave in. But you know what? You have to give in once in a while. I think you do because I think, you know, we're both fans of people like the medical medium and stuff like that. I know, but I think everything, you have to get sort of perspective on it because it's just too difficult to be that 
extreme, but also exercises. I know you're doing the cycling, but all those kind of things. Do you have a sort of, what's your daily regime? Do you have like well, a, a- I used to be a big jogger. So for 20 years, I jogged every day. So when I was living in Rome, I would, you know, it's the most beautiful jog. I would go around, you know, the Vatican up and around. I mean, there's so much to see. And I loved it because for me, I would just put on old disco music and it would like, just amazing. I mean, also you're jogging in Italy, you know, in Rome, every other guy that passes you is to die for. So it was like going out. My grandmother always said, go out for your appetite, but come home for dinner. So I was like, going out for my jog. And then all of a sudden I was like, oh, my knee, I shouldn't be running so much. Of course, because I think they said it on like Sex in the City, like it, it's going to drop your chin. So then I stopped my jogging. And then I started cycling during lockdown and I absolutely loved it. I was doing, you know, showing around London like 20K a day. And I, it's like my, I haven't driven my car in over a year. I just bicycle everywhere. That's my new thing. And then because of lockdown, I just put on a video. I don't do more than 20 minutes because it bores me, but I'll do like, I like being out in nature and doing power. Being outside, yeah. But yeah, or, but I will do a 20 minute, I don't know, like a, weights on your arms for 20 minutes or one day weights one day legs and butt and things like that I mix it up well but between you and our other mutual friend Kelly Hoppen you both inspire me to get the hell up and out I mean Kelly particularly because I can't you know because of the time difference I switch on and when I'm thinking oh it's five hours ahead and I'm like should I get up and exercise and I see Kelly who's been in the gym since 5 a.m I'm like yeah, okay, Kelly is a gym a gym bunny she has a gym and she just stays in oh, her right. house and she exercises six days a week and is a fanatic I I I'm more like, give me a jet ski, give me water skis, give me anything outdoors. And that's what I love. I'm yeah. like, oh, I need the air. You need like an action girl. And what do you think yeah. in terms of like, I don't know, I've sort of asked everybody in the creative world, like obviously this whole extraordinary historical year that we've lived in is changing so much of things. And I saw like the fashion show, um, was it Moschino who did it all on puppets, you know, which was just extraordinary, like an incredible feat. And I'm like, what do you think will happen in terms of things like even doing a trunk show or fashion shows, or have you had to like reimagine how this is all going to work? Or do you think it will come back? I don't think it's ever going to come back the way it was, because I think people realize you can still sell the product without spending half of the money just to promoting the collection there's so many other ways of doing it like a lot of my friends that are fashion designers half of their budget to do production was going into a fashion show that lasted yeah. six seven eight minutes it took like half a year to to produce to make the the cost it just wasn't worth it and i think they realized that actually you could do it through you can videotape models in your own showroom and put yeah. that out like a catwalk and you can watch it through Zoom or you can send it to all your clients as a video. So I think times are changing. I never believed like, of course, as a designer, when you, you know, after a year of designing and you see it live on models, it brings to life what you've been working on. So it's a whole, like when I go on photo shoots and of course I've got these beautiful perky models in front of me, I just think, Wow. And then like tap my shoulder. That looks amazing because you're sitting here from, you know, sketching on a piece of paper to six months before one thing is ready. And then all of a sudden it comes to life. It is a feel good thing. And then you yeah. realize also at the same time, oh, that doesn't work. Oh, I don't like it. Why did I design it that way? 
So I don't think that people are going to go back to the spending that we used to. And I don't think that we need to see seven collections a year. I mean, it was getting crazy, crazy, crazy. But talking to, I was in a conference about sustainability and everything. And they've decided, which I've always said all the whole time, it's not about using recyclable fabrics to be sustainable. Sustainable to me is high quality fabrics, something, and I can guarantee it, my swimsuits, not just me, but in general, will last 20 years or longer. It's about sustainability, it's about things that last, not that are gonna be washed and thrown away in three months because it's not high enough quality. So I think people after this crisis are gonna invest more in something that's gonna last them, maybe not a trend, something that's timeless, whether it's a black, simple black dress, but you'll wear it for the next 10 years because it's never gonna go out of style. So I think our focus is changing on that half. I don't think like the high street is gonna be as strong anymore because it's just, it's too much wastage. I personally got all plastic out of my company. I only ship in recyclable plastic, uh, recyclable bottles that have now been in recyclable bags, that's now recyclable, all of that, I think, I've done a sustainable swimwear line, but I'm still gonna keep to my core of my business, which is high end quality fabrics, because I know it will last you for years. And I know it's more expensive than the average swimsuit, but I know it will last you. I can verify that. I mean, some of your classics that I've got, I I bought them, I mean, years ago and they wash and they're still good to go. And the designs are classic. And I think you're right. I think it's sort of everybody's reframing their. Yeah. Like I know things, but you know, sometimes people, it was all about quantity, 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 and not about quality. And I think I understand why someone wants that perfect Hermes belt because that will last you for your life. You know, if you look at men that don't really shop, they still have the same stuff they probably bought 20 years ago because it was like one Hermes tie and they still have it in their drawer because it's good quality. My mother's advice always used to be for me, it would be like less is more. And I used to I used to really resent it because she'd say, don't buy like six navy blazers, buy one really great one. And I'd be yeah. like, oh, that's so boring. Cause like, you know, it's fun to have six that like fall apart, one, you know, one you hate after a day, whatever right. it is. But actually. I do feel now you're right. I think we were all in a sort of such a quick fix world that actually now the key will be having, you know, just a simpler life, including our wardrobes, like a kind of a go to let's just kind of get what we need and get on with things and just reframe it. I I just said it because I think, you know, part of it wasn't that I ever probably your fashion show was one of the last ones I ever probably had a good ticket to but I loved seeing it and I always think as a designer to have that moment where you walk out at the end and sort of go yeah I did this must have been so great it's an amazing feel-good thing but you know I'm I'm much smaller I'm not I don't need to do these huge fancy shows I used to do mine in Miami over at the W swimming pool over the pool and have this great everybody was cocktails and it was like a party that's how runway shows should be not like, you know, rows and rows where everyone has to sit in the fourth row if they're not an editor and, you know, you don't really, it was, and then it became bloggers and that became influencers. And then they decided that that didn't work because their followers were so young and couldn't afford the product anyway. So then it went back to inviting your high-end clients. And half the time they put, in my eyes as a designer, they put things on the runway that are unwearable. I never, I used to sit there, even as a child with my mother who was obsessed with watching Elsa Clinch's fashion shows. And I grew up in New Jersey and we would sit there and I would say, 
but who's going to wear that? Every outfit that was coming out. And she was like, no, it's about creativity. And I'm like, well, then people that are watching it are never going to buy that brand because it threw me off always. It still does today. Sometimes I see things on runways and I just think who in the world's ever going to buy that? Well, I think but also on social media, that's that's another, you know, there's yeah. the good and the bad of social media. There's that sort of like, what is that? Nobody, you know, I think there's a real mindfulness to keep it very authentic. And again, I think in 2020, authenticity is going to be the, that's what, yeah. we're all, that's what we're all craving in every area of life at the moment is people to just be their true selves and be out there. And I think that that's what you, I think you do that. You get, you give a very real story. You can put the good, the bad, you know, you use all different shape models. And I think that's super important too, so that people you know, go, oh, I could wear that, you know, and your caftans are amazing because they fit everybody. And that's really important too. It's that whole sizing thing too. Nobody wants to have to, you know, you, it, it just. It's a, a nightmare. It's yeah. a, I don't know why 20 years ago, you didn't tell me like, don't go into this business, Melissa. <laughs> do, do something that's not size, just a bag collection, something that's easy. But even, you know, I, I grew up with three sisters and, you know, I'm super tall. My sisters are you know, normal height. And they're always telling me, you know, you're not average, Melissa. You have to think of us, <laughs> us, you know, humans and make the bottoms bigger. This is when I was first starting out, make the bottoms bigger. I'm like, cause they lived in New Jersey and I was living in Italy. And I'm like, no, they have to be Italian style. I don't <laughs> like the big American nappy bottoms. They were like, no, we can't wear. I mean, this went on for years. And then finally, I think the older I get, the bottoms get bigger and bigger. <laughs> changing a bit the bottoms age with you I guess that's the key is that we all I mean I've I've literally I got to that point where I was like I'm not doing bikinis anymore I I I, I'm like you know I'm all about the one piece because I just think you know I've got a a beautiful 24 year old daughter I'm like you need to rock that bikini and that's the way and what I love about your collections is that she wears the bikini version of the swimsuit that I have so I you know so we we kind of try and make it so that it's, you know, acceptable because, you know, there has to be a moment when you can't wear a bikini. Or do you think there is an age limit when you can't wear a bikini? That's quite a controversial thing, isn't it? I think it's very, like, I get asked this question all the time from journalists. And I think that, you know, sometimes I'm in South of France and the French are tan or the Italians and they've got olive dark skin with curves in the perfect areas. They're not white and pasty and freckly and, and you see them wearing a bikini and they look quite, you know, sexy, even if they're whatever age. And I think, OK, they can put, they don't care. Even if the Italians, they've got rolls on their stomach. It's to them about getting a tan and that's it. Yeah. And what's going to be for lunch? And they don't care, which is so nice. They could care less. But and for some reason, they can pull it off. But sometimes I think it's all about confidence, because I think yeah. it's that it's that. You're right. I've got I've seen people of all shapes and sizes and you're right. Sometimes you just look at somebody in a bikini and you think, oh, my God, they're just rocking that because their confidence sort of exudes with it. I'm somebody that I now it's just too much. If I'm totally honest, I just don't have the energy anymore to suck in my abs while I'm wearing. Oh, no, I'm so I'm all about that's why you'll notice that my collection's getting a lot more one pieces. I'm all about forget sucking in. Just put on a one piece. It's chic. It's elegant. The only thing is because I've only ever worn bikinis and now I'm slowly going and I actually think they're even on 20 year olds I love one pieces I think I they're too. super cool and then you, you know I have two teenage daughters and all of a sudden they come out wearing it I think I can't even like 
look at like here you take all my bikinis i'm exactly like you and I, i'll yeah. get to the pieces because i'm not going to the beach with them looking as they do yeah. and then trying to like be next to them in a bikini no way so well, my I, daughter said to me you always buy halter neck swimsuits i'm like because to me it is if you haven't had a boob job which i haven't they are <laughs> the ultimate boob job you put one you put on a halter neck you tie it you tie it tight and it's amazing what that swimsuit can do. I tell you, you should sell it. I'm speaking from experience. You should sell it as the kind of instant boob job. That's what I think it is. Ultimate lift. It's the ultimate lift. But, you know, anyway, I mean, I just think I'm glad you're doing the masks. And I, I, I mean, we made light of it in the beginning, but I guess it really is. I feel like the masks will stay for quite a long time. I turned my four factories in Rome into making 3,500 masks a day to help the Italians and to keep my seamstresses employed. You know, it was just a disaster. I mean, it was the, whole, the whole thing has been so shocking. And then I did masks with Hello Magazine for Well Child because what people don't realize, there's no more fundraisers anywhere. There's no one raising money for all these charities. So I did pink masks and I give the money to Future Dreams for Breast Cancer. I did Hello masks for well child for children going through cancer. It's just one thing after the next. But if, you know, it's those small things, if we all chip in, we'll help these charities keep alive. So fundraising has had to take a different a different yeah. way. So I think, you know, whatever you can do and you and, and you I know how much you do. And I think that's well, I, I do hope that we don't have to. I, I mean, seriously, I really suffocate a mask. And I was fortunate enough that I got to travel this summer. I'm telling you, sitting on a plane for three hours and that mask is just killer. You take them off when you're eating. So the whole plane takes off their mask and eats their <laughs> chips or whatever. There goes spreading the germs. I also think as a glasses wearer, like it, yeah. it's it's incredibly difficult because now it's like it's as the weather gets colder, you go into a, sh if you go in from the, you probably don't yeah. wear glasses, but and if you go in them outside, they fog up. So not only can I not breathe, you get this sort of like anxiety attack of like, oh my God, I can't get my breath. I also can't see then either. I'm like foggy glasses and people have been so sweet on Instagram. They're like, put a little bit of like toilet tissue under them. I'm like, it's such a palaver. Like, what do we, you know, wear it over the mask, under the mask. I'm like, I spend my life cleaning, taking glasses off, putting things oh, on. It's it is a, a bit of a nightmare, but at least in the interim, we can make them look nice. I'm going to ask yeah. you a couple of like little quick questions because this is what sure. my podcast is about. I want to ask you what gives you life, Melissa. Well, I've always been one of these people full of life. I've always loved life. I love people. I love meeting people. I'm kind of like you. We just love everything about it. What gives me life? Being creative. I love it. I absolutely, it inspires me every day, whether I'm watching an old Bond movie or I'm in a vintage market or I'm in Notting Hill. Usually whenever I travel anywhere, I always go into their local markets because that's where, you know, the local artisans. So that's where I get a lot of inspiration. My children give me life. They put me into reality within one second of talking to me. Everything gives me life, you know, the beach, happiness. Yeah. What feeds your soul? Italy. I just love it. Everything about Italy. And I lived there for seven years and Everything about Italy feeds my soul. I mean, I think I think most people love Italy. You arrive, yeah. and for me, it's about they enjoy life no matter what. And it's about having a good meal with fun friends and beautiful, like, 
people watching, that for me is life. You know, what more do we actually need? And I think something with COVID, we realize like we don't need that much to give us happiness, you know, as long as we have good health, which is the most important thing, but like a bowl of the best pasta. I mean, that is life. I was going to say, I drooled over your Italian trip because you'd be like, what's not to love about this? And you're right, Italians, it's all about the big family meal, the pasta, the the lengthy And they're very kind. They're very kind people. And I always was one of those people like, oh my God, why do people post their food? I mean, so boring (laughs) or their cup of coffee. There I was like, oh my God, this pasta (laughs) is amazing. You were one of the only people in COVID that wasn't posting banana bread and avocado toast. You posted full on pasta al pesto and- I could not care. I was like this bread and pouring olive oil on it because people (laughs) always think I don't eat. I eat probably more than anyone. And and I'm not going to ever diet because those are the pleasures of life. Yeah. And, you know, if you're on a two week holiday, eat what they're offering. You have to eat the Italian food, diet later on or whatever. But and all my friends know it. They're like, oh, do you want to go so and so? I'm like, mm, I think Capri is better or I think somewhere in Italy is better. <laughs> you guide everybody back there. And do you have like a daily mantra or a quote you live by or something? Oh, I've always lived by since I was a child. I mean, I used to scream at my sister at common sense. Everything in life is about common sense. It's common sense not to do drugs. It's common sense. Don't drink too much. It's common sense. Of course, smoking is going to lead to bad health. Everything in life is common sense. Common sense that be kind to one another, like be nice. You know, if you treat people the way you want to be treated. So yeah, common sense has been by Thomas Paine. I used to say it to my sister all the time. She used to slam the door in the bedroom on me. I love it. Melissa, as always, I love chatting to you. You give me a, a shot of life. You feed my soul on chats like oh, this. Oh, Emma, we'll um, have to take you for a Melissa tour one day. I would love, I will follow you behind. You'll be so fit. I'll probably be lagging behind. On my, I might take a tricycle with a basket with a cup of coffee in it. So I can. I, I have the old fashioned bicycle with the, you can have a coffee mug. You can have the whole world. Oh, okay. And then I'm definitely, when I next come back to England, we'll go on a little tour together. I would love that. But for now, thank you so much for chatting. Thanks, Emma. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to subscribe. And also, if you've enjoyed this episode, do leave a five-star review. And you can find out more by going to buyemma.co.